Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Before we jump into today's episode, my friend, I want to have a little sidebar conversation with you here, okay? So check it out. I am so excited that this podcast is growing exponentially before my eyes. It's been a really beautiful transformation for me and um, I'm having fun understanding the ins and outs of being a podcaster and what that means for the industry. But I want to make sure that I'm resonating with you. I want to make sure that I'm hitting the topics that you are interested in because as my avid listener, you mean a lot to me. And so I want to hear your feedback and I want to hear your feedback in the form of a review. Okay. So if you are listening to this on Spotify or audible, I would invite you to head on over to the Apple platform because they have the ability to actually write a written review. Now, if you write me a written review, please put in there. I want to hear like some constructive criticism. If there's topics that you really enjoy topics, you don't like, I want to hear it. I want to hear what you want to hear so that I can make sure I am satisfying my current customers and listeners as well. So go ahead and head over to the Apple podcast show. And at the bottom of the show, like where you see all the episodes, just scroll to the bottom and there's a little teeny link there. They kind of hide it from you. It says, write a review. And that is where you can write a written review for the show in general. Okay. So go ahead and head on over there. Leave me a review. Um, give me your thoughts Give me any topics that you feel like I'm missing out on or just some general feedback. And if you love what I'm doing, tell me, I want to hear it. I want to make sure that I am heading this podcast in the right direction for what everyone wants to hear. Okay. So that's all I have to say about that. And also, obviously, if you love this show, tell your neighbor, tell your friend, right? Sharing is caring. We love that. And uh, okay, let's get to today's episode. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back for another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I'm your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green. Now, we have gotten into the thick of show season, and I've got a special person here for you today to talk about that a little bit. And if you don't know what show season is in the land of hairdressing, we attend conferences or um, we call them hair shows. I'm trying to think of another name that we've called them or what someone in a different area of work would call like a um, workshopping event. So basically there are these large conventions where companies come together and showcase the newest, latest, greatest products, techniques, technologies, and hairstylists come and they shop and they learn and they're entertained. And it's a really fun, energetic event that kind of went away for a little while with the pandemic, obviously, and has really come back 
full swing. And so if you're a hairstylist and you follow any of the industry leaders on social media, you will have noticed that they've been going to shows like Premier Orlando, and then there was IBS New York, and all sorts of fun things going on. And so my guest today is one of the headliners for a show coming up in Las Vegas, and she can talk to us all about that, which is exciting. But what's funny is when I lined up this interview with her, I wanted to speak to her because she is a fellow author. She is doing interesting things in the industry and creating new ways for hairstylists to get their name out there with like award ceremonies. And she's a celebrity stylist. And so those all interested me and we kind of formulated a conversation based on that. And then I get to talk to her and I'm like, holy cow, and you're involved in the like show circuit, which is so cool. So if you're a hairstylist, have a listen, get inspired by Monet Everett. And if you're just a hair enthusiast here to hear some interesting things, you will be delighted as well. So without further ado, allow me to introduce my guest for today's episode, Monet Everett. Let's just go ahead and jump on in there, Monet. And um, why don't we start by you just giving me a little introduction of like who you are, and then we'll talk about what you're doing. Sure. My name is Monet Everett. I'm a celebrity hairstylist, author, and educator, and I'm also the founder of Texture Style Awards, the first and only award show created to celebrate all four hair textures and the artists who slay them. And I am so happy to be here with you today, Crystal. Yay. Oh, thank you. I am happy to have you here too. And I'm sad that I just heard about the Texture Style Awards. I'm like, how has this been not on my radar before? Because this sounds so cool. Um, Can you break down for me really quick the four different hair textures for anyone that doesn't know that's listening? Absolutely. So I subscribe to the belief that everybody is born with at least one of these four hair textures, straight hair, wavy hair, curly hair, and coily hair. Straight hair is like no discernible curl pattern, just a little uh, wavy hair is when we start to get in that S pattern. Curly hair is when it starts to spiral. And coily is when those spirals get really small or maybe have a Z pattern. Oh, okay. Awesome. Thank you for defining that. I feel like we all can kind of have a slightly different definition of like what coily is versus curly or wavy or swavy and all these different things. So I love that. So then the Texture Style Awards celebrates everything from the stick straight hair to the very tightly, uh, what would you call it, kinked? Or what's the, what's the appropriate term there for that? Slightly coily hair. Slightly coily. Okay, so the tightly coiled hair all the way to the like relaxed, super straight hair. Yeah, and I always like to shout out to the super straight hair, like the stereotypically um, Asian hair that is very thick, very coarse, very straight. You have to curl it with a pencil curler and a prayer. Uh, (laughs) A lot of people think about straight hair and they think about easily pliable straight hair. And I'm like, that's not all straight hair. So it just goes to show how texture can vary in each of the four categories. Absolutely. Yeah. That like very straight, very coarse hair is a whole nother animal in itself, right? If you've never worked with it before. So I think that's great that that's included as well. Um, so I want to know, okay, first of all, what does it mean to be a celebrity stylist and how did you, how did you get there? Um, and then I want to hear your story about your career and what led you to create something like the texture style awards. Oh, Crystal, I hope you have a few days. <laughs> so what does it mean to be a celebrity hairstylist? That is really controversial. There's two meanings. One meaning is that most of the clients that you work with are celebrities. And the other meaning is that uh, you are celebrated. So you won awards. And thankfully, I fall into both. The overwhelming majority of my clients are celebrities. If not, I'm doing advertisements for brands, and I have won multiple awards for my work as a hairstylist. Uh, so it's it's a really interesting thing. Uh, some people will call themselves a celebrity stylist because they've worked with one or two popular people. But, you know, I, I'd like to think if you're calling yourself a celebrity hairstylist, you're working with well-respected um, actors, actresses, musicians, um, and people in the arts. 
uh, not just someone who's worked with one or two here or there, but you know, there's always room to grow and learn more and work with different types of celebrities. I think your next question was, how did I get into this industry? Mm-hmm. Ooh, wee. So I uh, went to cosmetology school in my senior year in high school, my freshman year in college. Um, I was extremely opinionated and everybody used to say, if you can't do better, you shouldn't say anything. And I was like, no, I think with a little bit of training, I'll be able to do better. You know, remember back in the day, we didn't have social media. We didn't have this e-red carpet. So for me to sit around and talk about people's hair and makeup was like not the normal conversation that it is today. So I thought I would just do hair and stuff to pay my way through college. And I remember my senior year in college, after I was licensed, I had been working in a salon for a few years. A lady that I was working with told me about celebrity styling and working on photo shoots. And I was so silly. I knew nothing at all about this. I really thought that the ladies that I saw like on the cover of Harper's Bazaar or Essence, I really thought they got their hair done the day before. And then they went to the shoot, put on some lipstick and took the picture. <laughs> no idea it was this entire world. So she started telling me about her adventures into celebrity styling and how it didn't work out. And I was like, I think it could work out for me. Like, and I put my heart and soul behind it. And I always tell people I ran full force in the wrong direction. Um, in the beginning, just full speed ahead. Um, so I had to unlearn a lot of things and really get myself together to get on the right track. Yeah. Wow. So uh, do you mind if I ask what year it was that you started your career as a hairstylist? Uh, 2000. Okay. I was right there with you. I started in 2001. I, I, it resonates with me, the story that like social media wasn't a thing yet. I too had no idea how many options there were for hairstylists. You know, I was like, yeah, what, like movies and stuff like that. I, I thought they did their own hair, <laughs> like even worse. Right. So yeah. I yeah, I know, right? It just it blows my mind now to think of how much easier information is to attain these days for these young people in beauty school that can see all of the paths set before them. We were just kind of like out in the wide open guessing. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I worked with Milady and I did a whole class on all the different things you can do with a cosmetology license that I didn't know. And the reason why we are unique saying that we didn't know is because before us, the generations before us, a lot of times celebrities were taking their local hairstylists with them. So it's not as though they were pursuing this either. A lot of times they were falling into it. Our generation learned that this is something you could do, but there was no path set aside. So I remember praying to God, because when I tell you I fell multiple times, I mean, I fell hard and fast and heavy. And I remember praying to God like, okay, if you let me figure this out, I will teach other artists how to do this. So when I wrote my second book, Get Out of Your Own Way, I include a lot of lessons I learned, of course, anecdotes to help people along the way, but really helping artists to move in the right direction and get their work together, get their selves together, get their mental together to figure out the right people to reach out to, to go in the right direction. I always say when you take off full speed in the wrong direction, you're really tired when you start running only to realize now you got to go that way. Mm. Yes. It's so, uh, is your book then geared towards hairstylists that are pursuing a career as celebrity stylists? Absolutely. So my first book, Stunning Braids, was uh, just 25 different how-to hairstyles, including braids. And my second book, Get Out of Your Own Way, 25 insider tips for booking celebrity hairstyling clients. I feel like we're always left out. I feel like makeup always get loved. There's all of these books for them. Everyone can speak to makeup. And then with hair, they're like, I don't know, work in a salon. And baby, let me tell you, that's the first step to that is not the right answer. If you want to pursue session work or working with celebrities, it's not going to be dependent on uh, working in a salon. Yeah, I could see that. So who was your first like breakthrough celebrity client that you had? So the cool thing about what I do is every time you do something, you think it can't get better and it does get better. Um, I would say when I really felt like I was going somewhere was like Angie Martinez for the inauguration of Barack Obama. I did her. 
Um, and now I run into her all the time. I don't know, um, maybe like, or when I did a Harper's Bazaar editorial spread, um, I did the background people and they were gonna be shot with Michelle Obama because I started my career in the DC area. So, you know, a lot of those bookings are that way. I can't even really think of like when I started really moving along, but I know I, I just could not believe that I was doing, you know, someone associated with the president. So those were major moves. I don't know, you got me thinking hard. Like, <laughs> I don't know. At the end of the interview, I'll, I'll come back to something. Right. Yeah. If it, if it strikes you, just blurt it out. Um, so I'm curious too, like when you decided to go down that road and be a celebrity stylist, did you stop working behind the chair, like in a salon or what did that look like? Oh, great question. So for many years I was working in the salon and I was on my off day, I was doing photo shoots or calling in sick and, you know, going to New York to do photo shoots and things of that nature. I even became a salon manager because remember I told you running full speed in the wrong direction. I really was under the impression that if I became a salon manager, then someone would come and see me and then I would become a celebrity here. So that is incorrect. I, <laughs> incorrect. Um, I went on to become a hair color brand educator. And I really thought I was going to walk in and take over this hair color brand. Can I tell you something? That was incorrect as well. Incorrect. <laughs> uh, so for years, I was doing these things, but that hair color company decided to lay off probably 60% of the people it had just hired in the last six months. And I happened to be one of those people. So the great job, the great part was that I got a severance. Um, and so what would happen is they are too scared to send you out. You got to keep working for nine months, but they don't want to send you anywhere. So I just collected a check for nine months. So I would do all of these different photo shoots and events and I would go back and forth to New York. And then I said, I really wanted to move to New York when I graduated college. I got scared. I got a good boyfriend. I got a good apartment. I got a good job. So I was too scared to leave. And then, you know, Everything fell apart at the same time, which is God's way of saying, hey, let me move this out your way and give you something better. So I decided to move to New York. And when I moved to New York, I, my personal opinion was I could stay in the D.C. area and work in a salon. And I didn't want to work in a salon in the New York area. So I had not worked in a salon in almost 15 years. Wow. Yes. I was like, I can stay home and do that. If I go to New York, I want to do the big things. I want to do the celebrities, the events. Sometimes I'll work with a brand and we'll have a salon day. And that keeps me held over for a year or two from missing the salon. <laughs> Just one long day of uh, that push and pull of salon life. And I'm like, mm -mm, not going back. Yeah, yeah. So then I would imagine predominantly you're just uh, styling hair then. Yeah. Do you do you miss anything? In the, like, do you miss doing colors or like um, anything else that you used to specialize in? Yes, I'm an American board certified hair colorist, which at the time is the highest certification one could have in hair color. And I loved it. And it was really difficult for me to give that up. And I kept trying to think I was going to reshape the wheel by being a colorist on set. Ma'am, you're not. You're, you're just not. However, I will say right before this interview, I was discussing with a brand, an ad campaign that I'm shooting, and we had to discuss how the color was going to get done. And it was like, oh, I'm like, I could do the color, but I can't do it in the parameters that we have set aside. So I, I miss color. I especially miss color when I see people and it's not done right. Mm -hmm. I really miss it. Um, but I love the final steps and the final images and... I love the political statements I've been able to make by doing set hair and doing celebrities for red carpets. Um, one of the first celebs I worked with continuously, like for years, was Dominique Fishback. And she made a lot of political statements on the red carpet by going down the red carpet with her naturally coily hair. And it was almost unheard of years ago. Now it's become more normal for celebrities to wear curly hair or natural coily hair. And, you know, it was great when the magazines would reach out and talk to me about like, oh my gosh, how did you um, decide this look? Or this is so elaborate. We're not used to these things. Like right now we have, uh, oh my God, I forgot the name of the show, but they have all of these uh, really elaborate, is a lit, a lit, <laughs> 
I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Charlotte is one of the shows. And okay. they have all of these big, elaborate Elizabethan. Oh, uh, Elizabethan? There you go. What you said. <laughs> uh, they have those beautiful styles. But, you know, before five years ago, that wasn't a thing. So when I was sending ladies down the red carpet with natural hairstyles, it was definitely eye-catching. So I love styling all hair. I love big, flowy hair. I love updos. I love down styles. But I do love um, when artists decide to use their art to make statements. So hence, Texture Style Awards. Yes, which was going to be my next question. So I'm, I'm imagining your career is like, okay, so behind the chair is not working for me. I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to do this um, behind the scenes editorial session work kind of stuff and kind of make a name for myself. At what point did Texture Style Awards become an idea? Because I'm sure it was an idea for a while because it before it came into fruition, right? Absolutely. So when I moved to New York, the very liberal place that New York is supposed to be, I found out it is not as liberal as they would like for us to believe. Um, it is not the world we imagine it to be. And I started experiencing racism and misogyny. Um, and I became outspoken about it. And I learned that a lot of people chose not to say things for specific reasons. So I would end up in like um, Harper's Bazaar or O Magazine or Essence or something, given my opinion um, about the state of the beauty industry. And I was even taken to New Zealand to work on a movie set because they didn't have anybody that could do curly or coily hair. So I come back from New Zealand and shortly thereafter, the whole world gets put on punishment. Remember? COVID shut down, we didn't know it was possible. Um, and the world had to pay attention to how the world is not um, the rainbows and sunshine we have pretended it is. Uh, so I had to say, okay, a lack of diversity and inclusion is really being brought to the forefront. Monet, you've had a lot to say for the past few years, but you've just given opinion. So what are you gonna do about it? What changes are you going to make? And what I decided was, yes, I wanna live in a world where any person can sit down in a hairstylist chair and have any texture of hairstyle. How can I make this change? Well, let's gamify it because hairstylists are competitive. So we'll make it competitive. We'll make it so that you're able to enter different entries of your work and you're able to um, help move beyond the chair. You're able to get um, the opportunities you've been looking for. You're able to increase your clientele. But then the question was, okay, Monet, if you make a competition, that's great, but a lot of people don't know how to do different hair textures. What are you gonna do about that? So I created the Texture Education Series, which is which precedes the Texture Style Awards, where I do classes on each of the individual four hair textures, showing how to care for and style each hair texture for photos. Oh, I did not know that about you. I love that. So it's like you were uh, presenting a problem, right? Like bringing attention to the problem. Like we need more diversity in hair and creating a space for that to happen, but then also giving people the tools to get there. Yeah. And it, I always say texture style awards has octopus legs because that's on the forefront. <laughs> but can I tell you what's on the, the back end of it? Oh yeah. So on the back end of it, we have stylists that feel there are only certain stylists who are getting opportunities. For whatever the reason is, there are stylists that believe they just don't have the opportunities. So I'm helping to create these opportunities for you. The way that one would be able to work with brands, be an educator, work with celebrities is if they're featured in the media. I'm cutting straight to the chase. This is how you get those big jobs. But how do you get featured in the media? You have to do something newsworthy, like maybe win a hair competition. So we have amazing sponsors, um, including media sponsors, where all of the winners will be interviewed on different podcasts, different magazines, and different shows. That is going to help to launch your career. Winning Texture Style Awards is going to be life-changing. We're going to give you thousands in products and tools to help you take care of your existing or new clientele and get you featured all over the country. That's going to help to launch your career. Wow. I didn't even consider that. So it's almost like a feeder system for the next generation of hairstylists that want to be like you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm helping them work beyond the chair. That is my life's goal on my 
Um, Gravestone is going to say that Monet Everett helped hairstylists, uh, you know, increase their lives and do better things with their career. And that's my goal. So everybody doesn't have to want to be a celebrity stylist. Maybe you want to be a recognized influencer. Maybe you want to be an educator. Maybe you just want to be really popular in your salon. Maybe you want to be the go-to, uh, you know, wavy hairstylist in your city. There's room for all of us to grow. I too see a lot of the same artists uh, being featured and I know that there's room. So, you know, I created this competition. We have 24 amazing superstar judges that I help you get your work in front of. When they're judging your entries, it's completely anonymous. They won't know it's yours. But when we go to the second round of public judging, you're going to share your entry to get people to vote. And the judges are going to say, oh, I love that. Oh, you did that style? Then when you come to New York for the live ceremony on August 13, now you've got conversation. And you're going to be like, Monet, put me in this place. All of these amazing people know me. The brands are clamoring for me. They're booking me for jobs. I'm making more money. Shout out to Texture Style Awards. And I'm going to be like, Oh my gosh, that's even more involved than I thought it was. It is very involved. It is very involved. So I get really excited telling people about it because sometimes they don't hear all of the steps. But I'm like, June 12th, we have a, a coily hair class that you can attend live in New York or watch virtually. Um, you know, we have entries open through June 30th. We have 10 different categories. We, we got a lot. Kristen, don't let me take over your show. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why we're here, right? Because I'm learning about you and sharing about what you're doing. So I love all of it. Bring it on, sister. Um, I want to hear how many people are applying at the beginning of the Texture Style Awards. Like, uh, I'm curious, do you have a cap or like a roundabout number? And then when you get down to the final round where you said it's like live in New York, how many participants are in at that point? Okay, so in 2021, when we did it the first time completely virtually, we had 350 entries and I was like so excited. I wished everybody didn't wait till the last minute to enter because y'all were giving me a heart attack, but I digress. Um, and so we had the 24, 20 celebrity judges to vote. Um, and let me drop some names like Confessions of a Hairstylist, Rebecca Taylor, uh, Color King, um, Janelle Seeley Smith, um, Weed Ed Artist, uh, Pearls artists, bioionic artists. We have so many amazing judges. So um, they do round one, and then we have the public voting. We had 27,000 public votes in 2021. People cared about texture representation. And I'm going to just take a moment to make it clear to everyone that the name, and you pronounced it right, is Texture Style Awards. There's no D after texture. It's not a fancy way of saying curly and coily hair. This uh, show is for all four hair textures. So the artists who went through did amazing. They were featured everywhere. Like I said, we had 27,000 votes. So this year I have increased the categories. So the categories are straight hair, wavy hair, curly hair, and coily hair. So you can have those four textures and an up style and that's four categories or a down style and that's four categories so curly up style or straight hair down style and then we created two categories for cosmetology students or some a hair enthusiast who is not a professional so we have up style category and down style category and you're a student literally if you're in cosmetology or an apprentice or if you're working on sets and not licensed or even if you've been working as a licensed hairstylist for under two years wow this time i need to have at least 500 entries then we're going to break it down um, so the judges will break it down to the top five in each category then we're going to for the live show have the top three and then we'll see who wins from there Oh my gosh, how exciting. Ooh. Yeah, um, I wish that my excitement and my understanding of work aligned, uh, so they don't, but yeah, <laughs> a lot of work, but I'm excited about it and I'm willing to do the work to make the changes in this industry. That's fantastic. So I'm curious, um, at the time of this recording, we're about 30 days out from the end of the entry period, right? Uh, have you gotten close to the 500 mark yet? 
need more stylists to enter, stop waiting until the last second. Um, I like to call this a, a semi-professional competition because you don't have to hire a photographer. You can use your smartphone and take your own images of your work. Just put your model in front of a solid, non-distracting background. So that's a white wall, a gray wall, a brick wall, and take images of your work and upload them to Texture Style Awards. Don't wait until the last moment. Upload, upload, upload. My sponsors are giving away thousands in prizes, weed egg, wet brush, um, pearls, Moroccan oil, Biolodge, Mayavana. We have amazing, amazing, amazing sponsors. They're also giving you uh, private event invitations. They will also... Um, give you tickets to a free class and they will give you one-on-one -on -one mentorship so this is going to be life changing and that's aside from getting featured on the different podcasts and magazines yeah i don't see why anyone wouldn't want to participate yeah and we make it so easily accessible it's only 30 bucks per entry unlike some of the other shows that are uh, multiple times that amount but that is okay. Come show your work, show people why they need to come to you, show brands why they need to pay attention to you and let me help you change your life. Mm, love it. Um, Monet, before we started recording, you mentioned that you're going to be at the IBS show in Vegas. Um, tell me what your involvement is there. So I am headlining IBS Vegas. I do a lot of different things with them. So I'll have a stage show showing festival styles. I'll also have three classrooms. Um, I am leading a panel discussion on breaking barriers, uh, diversity and inclusion conversation. I was a part of the pavilion panel, the powerhouse pavilion where we are drawing attention to the work of African-Americans in beauty. And IBS has done a great job of showcasing that. So I am all about diversity and inclusion. It, there's room for all of us to learn and grow. Yeah, I would imagine that would be a good space to share about the Texture Style Awards too, right? Absolutely. And you know, I can't wait to see, I'm, I'm going to give your listeners a hint on the most underrepresented category. Believe it or not, it is wavy hair. It is the most underrepresented category. So you can have hair that starts at any texture. We only judge how it ends. So let's say you start off with a straight hair model. If you wave her hair, she's now in the wavy category. If you start off with a coily hair model and you straighten and wave her hair, she's now in the wavy category, up style or down style. So um, we make it really easy. We make it really simple. You just go to texturestyleawards.com. But remember, don't skip the wavy category. That's that S curl, the wavy category. My personal favorite, but probably because I kind of live in a bit of a wave myself. So I know it well. Exactly. Very nice. And I would love to see some beautiful wavy up styles. Um, in 2021, the artist that won wave created some beautiful waves on long hair and it was just exceptionally well done. She shot it in her salon on a solid background and she won. That's awesome. I wonder if a barrier for a lot of people is um, that they worry they can't capture a good enough photo because that is definitely a skill set that, you know, there's like the haves and the have nots these days. Have you addressed that at all with um, any of your followers and done like a workshop for photo stuff at all? Yeah. So the workshops that I'm doing on each texture, there's a VIP class where if you come in person, you stay for the VIP and I go through um, different settings that you can use on your iPhone and how to pose the model. And I even work just a little bit showing artists how they can work with a photographer if they so desire to do a photo shoot. But you're exactly right. It can be a little daunting. Some easy tips are you're going to want to put your model away from the light so you stand where the light is and allow the light to shine on your model when you take your photos. Um, you're also going to want to, if you're using an iPhone, shoot in RAW. If you go in your settings, you can shoot in RAW when you take your images. Um, I always give some little tips are don't shoot just the back of the head. Give a little bit of a profile. We always want to see your beautiful model's face. And it's just a human desire to want to see that. And now is a good time to call out 
I am the founder of Texture Style Awards. I am not a judge. I believe in keeping everything super fair. We have 24 celebrity judges and then we have open public judging. Um, but yes, I'm so happy you asked that. So if you're in New York, um, come to the June 12th Coily hair class, and we'll even go over how to take your home own images. If you cannot come in person, you can attend the virtual class in the morning. Uh, so you just go to texturestyleaboards.com slash classes to sign up. Wonderful. I love that you're doing that because I know I discovered like when all of a sudden we had to take photos of hair just for our behind the chair purposes. Uh, a lot of the times the hair in person, like I personally like a little bit of like functional frizz with all of my curls and waves and coils. And um, I just love that look personally and my clients would like it, but then I would take a photo of it and I'm like, oh, this looks like garbage in a photo, right? So I had to learn to alter the way I was gonna finish the hair if I was gonna photograph it. Does that make sense? Finishing is so important. It absolutely makes sense. So I have the Bonet Life Academy and that's where I teach artists who want to do like I do and they want to do photo shoots and they want to do events and they want to work with celebrities. And we really uh, focus on those differences. And I always tell an artist one thing for sure, because styling for photos and styling for a salon is so different. You know that you need help with finishing when you go to take the picture and you're like, oh, no, 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 not this angle. Oh, no, 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 not the same. No, 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 let me, let me, uh, it just doesn't look the same. Sometimes that can be um, using the wrong products or the wrong product application or quite literally, you can be standing too close to your work. Can't really see it. You got to step back. Uh, so yeah, I've been doing this a really long time and you better believe I'm still learning, you know, weekly new things because at the, at the rate that these cameras are increasing, believe it or not, our skill have to increase as well. And it's not about just if you're taking a photo, when you get done, your client goes and takes a selfie and they put up the photo. And that's the worst thing when you think you did a great job and they put up the photo and you're like, oh my God. And you know, they're tagging you like crazy with big holes in the hair and it's unbalanced. And you're like, untag me, please, please don't tell anybody I did. It looked nice before you left. Right, like please put a disclaimer on that video <laughs> or that picture. Like put a disclaimer that you ran your hands through it or got caught in a windstorm or something. <laughs> I don't remember it looking that way. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, that was a quite a learning curve for me in the salon. So I'm sure that I'm not alone in that and that a lot of people would like to have the guidance to if they're especially if they're trying to step into any sort of editorial work or um, anything like that, they have to understand the difference between the, the finish that someone would want naturally in the salon versus on camera, right? So true. And um, a lot of hairstylists get caught up in the good enough. And I like to call them out for that because yeah, it might be good enough for that client, but was it good enough for you? We're in a day where people want to increase their prices and they want to, uh, you know, make their rent and one day off of one client. Okay. If you're able to do that, wonderful. But was the work good enough for that, for what you're demanding? It do in your heart do you feel like it looks great? Not just the color, not just the cut, but the finish. Are you able to take a few extra minutes to get it done? So once you learn how to do it, then you learn how to become more efficient and do it faster. Yes, exactly. Mm. Questions, right? Yeah. Yes. So Monet, I'm curious, do you have a lineup of styling products that are like your favorite to use? Do you have separate ones for different textures of hair? Like, what are you using? Well, overall, I use the same products, period. I do have some specialized products. So um, Weedad, if you've been following my career for the past probably five or six years, I've been shouting them out in the press all the time. I am beyond thrilled that they are our main sponsor because I love Weedad uh, for curly hair, especially. And the reason why I love them is because I don't always have to start with the hair soaking wet. So if you're at home in the shower or in a salon, you start soaking wet, but not on set. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of them. I'm also a huge fan of Orbe. I use them quite often. What else is another go-to? Moroccan oil. They are a go-to. 
It's like, I am so blessed to work with so many different products. Uh, so trying to remember one of my super go-tos. Right. A Quaj Beyond Shine, I think every single client I ever touch gets that. That's a good old standby. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. What do you think it is about the Weed Odd products that allows you to have them on not soaking wet hair? I'm curious about that. I don't know. I wish I could give you like this great answer, but I think they actually create styling products instead of just setting products. So anytime we are putting a hair into a specific pattern, we have to set it that way, whether you're straightening it or you're curling it with a curling iron or you're setting the natural curl. And I think that a lot of product lines rely on that set and um, rely on you locking in the moisture, the water. So mm -hmm. we're locking it in with those products. And I Yes, Weedad has figured out a way to add moisture without you solely using the water from a soaking wet head. Like I can douse it with a little bit of water or mist it with a little bit of water and just go from there. And that's amazing to me because I have so many curly hair products I've used and like, okay, when her hair was soaking wet, it was amazing. And then I go to touch it up and we won't call it amazing anymore. Interesting. That's almost like a selling point for me right there. And now I'm like, oh, I got to try those products because as much as I love curly, wavy, coily hair, I don't love the soaking wet application just because it takes so much more time, really. And like practicality wise, like I am not going to do that on my hair. So I'm like a major minimalist personally. And I tend to be that way behind the chair too. So the idea of having a product that you could use on like not crazy soaking wet hair sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. I'm trying to think of other stuff. I like it's a 10. I use them pretty often. Yeah, those are the brands that are coming to mind. Mm -hmm. Which is nothing like shocking. Those are great brands that have been around forever, um, you know, that are like standard kind of quality brands everyone can know and trust. And so then it's like easy to say, okay, well, it's not necessarily just the product that you're using. Like you're using a tool, but it's the techniques that you have that truly make things look so wonderful and editorial and perfect. Yeah. It's taking the time. I think I heard recently someone said, um, mastering something is I'm um, doing it repeatedly until you can't get it wrong. Like one day you'll just work and it feels like you're doing the same thing you've been doing that was maybe hit or miss. And then one day it's, you're not missing anymore. You're hitting it every time. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, um, do you, I know you're so busy doing all these things. Do you still have like a, a clientele of celebrities that you style regularly or is it kind of more intermittent these days? You know, honestly, it is a little more intermittent, but I think that is also because of coming out of COVID. So what seemed to have happened was things opened up, but it seems like everybody has moved more to the West Coast. There's just not as many in New York, and I'm still a New Yorker, um, but that's okay because it's opened up opportunity for me to be able to do things like this and education and doing advertisements and brand shoots and stuff like that. But this month alone, I've worked with um, Brittany Winner. She's a Brittany Howard is a five-time Grammy winner. Um, I've worked with Kenya Moore from Real Housewives and someone else whose name just jumped out of my mouth. So there's, there's still time. So that's the thing about being a celebrity hairstylist. A lot of times you're not working every single day. Um, most of the time you're not. That's one of the reasons why I pursued this because I was like, I am not a work every day type of person. I mean, gotcha. I pieces to rest a little. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine you have times it's like feast or famine. You've got times where you're like highly asked to go do things and then times where it kind of slows down. Absolutely. And it's like, if one person requests a day far away and you have nothing to do, let's say for six weeks, like on your calendar, if one person requests that day, you'll have 10 people request that day. And it's like, if there's six weeks that are available. They're like, no. Well, it's probably because there's some event going on that they like all need to be done for too. Right. <laughs> Oh, it, it, it will be multiple events all the same day. Oh, my baby. That's who I forgot. My baby, Haley Kilgore. She's one of the stars on Ghost Book 3. So, yeah, I, I do get to work with a lot of wonderful people, and I'm always excited when they think of me. What is your favorite 
environment to work in? Like, is it a behind the scenes at like a uh, red carpet kind of thing? Or is it a movie set or like a photo shoot for a magazine? Give me like your favorite situation. That anybody has ever asked me that? Such a great question that I have to think on. Um, I'm going to surprise myself. I think my favorite might be red carpet and watching. It's like prom every time or a wedding every time. Like the excitement you have helping somebody get ready and when they're really happy. That might be one, but a close second would be. Um, a photo shoot where they like my ideas. <laughs> um, and I'm specific because if it's a lifestyle shoot, sometimes they want to look like there was no hair and makeup involved. So I would say advertorials or something where I am able to use some of my creativity to make them look beautiful. And that does not mean that I want to, you know, stick feathers on their head and spray paint them. But maybe I wanna, you know, change the length of their hair or or do an up style or something. So when they're like, Monet, what you got? My type of shoe. I would imagine that's probably kind of similar in a red carpet situation too. You probably get a little more creative leeway there, right? Just, a, yeah, a little bit. Sometimes you have PR people standing over you uh, for every single move that you make. And they're like, this is the look keep it like this. Okay. So I'll tell you a funny story. This really happened to me. And I am not going to say this actress's name because it's highly likely, you know, her. So I was so excited. I was working on, uh, I guess I have to say a Nickelodeon event and it was my first one. And let me tell you, you go through hell and high water to get those type of jobs because you're working with kids. And this was a super star. And when I walked in, um, she, when she's on TV, she's very prim and proper. So when I walk in, she's like, hey, 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 what's up? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> she continued to speak. She's like, I want a ponytail and I want baby hair and I want beads and I want you to braid this way. And I'm like, okay, now I'm getting pumped, right? Because I, I've never seen you look this way. And I'm like Googling, like, no, there are no pictures. And she's like, no, that's what I want. So I, I talked to her and I'm like, okay, how about we just do a little bit of a ponytail with like a little um, lift in the front and some volume in the top. And she's like, I mean, I guess, but she's not happy about it, right? So then the producer walks in and was like, who gave you permission to do that? I'm shocked. She was contracted to wear her blonde, long hair with a center part and straight down. And she's trying to tell you to do something so different. <laughs> so crazy. I didn't even know that there was a such thing as being contracted to wear your hair a certain way. This went all the way to the top of Nickelodeon. A meeting was demanded that I had to overhear that they had about me. And I guess she really wanted to change her look. So she requested me because I was known for doing all these different types of styles and did not tell them. She was very nice. They never booked me for her again, but she even DMs me to the to this day and is like, that is the best I've ever looked. Oh, and so you were able to keep the hairstyle then? Yes, they were not happy about it. So we were able to keep the ponytail. They maybe take the braids out of the side, keep the ponytail, but I just could not believe it. And that was a good foray into you would never really know people. So apparently that's how she really speaks. But when she goes in front of the camera, she speaks differently. This is how she relates. She really wanted the baby hair and the jewels. And, the, and I was like, so, but yeah, so I like when I'm able to include a little of my personality but I've learned the hard way. You got to figure out who the client is. And apparently she was not the client. That's a very good point too, right? Mm -hmm. I imagine that's the case with any sort of like production company. They've got a specific look they want that person to have. And so they're the ones making the calls, not the person you're actually doing the hair on. How weird is that for a hairstylist? Well, this is what I tell people. So it's weird, but the client is the person who pays you. And people get real freaked out, like how weird that is. But I said, but what happens when mommy brings in her daughter? You're asking mommy how she wants to look. It's not just the age. 
you understand why mommy's paying. And Very if, true. Daughter, if daughter keeps having opinions, at some point you say to mom, who should I listen to? And the mom tells you, okay, listen to her or no, I said what I said. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Um, okay. One more question for you about the, the celebrity, maybe one, maybe I'll have another one. Um, do you have, I'm sure you have like people you love that you've worked with that are like amazing, but do you have like in your mind, there's like that one person that if they called you, you would like drop everything to go work for them. There's so many that, I mean, cause there's so many quote unquote celebrities. So I've had some amazingly wonderful experiences with multiple I had an amazing time with Viola Davis. Um, I feel like I had a time with her that last, left a lasting impact on my life. I had an amazing time with Mariah Carey. Uh, as I was doing her hair, she sat there and sang to me. Oh, Like, wonderful. If I didn't sign that NDA, I would have so many more amazing things to say about her. Mm-hmm. Um, I like my kids too, like Sophia Wiley. She's a Nickelodeon star. I always drop stuff for her because she's just such a pleasure to work with. And it's like, you know, we like looking at the younger generation. It's like literally watching them grow up. So I, I, I can't help but to enjoy that with her or helping her find her looks or Layla DeLeon is one of my, I, I got a lot of favorites. Yeah. There's, I don't have a lot of clients that can no longer reach me, put it that way. There are some who every time they call them busy, but for the most part, I have a good clientele. Gotcha. I love asking people that question that have like um, started their career as a hairstylist in whatever fashion that may be, and then have moved into some new aspect of their career, like education or something like that. Uh, because I'm curious, like if at some point, if your education stuff just skyrockets and takes off like let's say texture style awards and your online education that foster into that end up taking all your time are you gonna give up being a celebrity stylist or do you think you'll try to do it forever i'll try to do i mean my goal i want to do more public speaking on diversity and inclusion um so probably i'll have to start leaning towards it oh i can't believe i just said that out loud it's um, big right i know it's a weird thing for us to say yeah, I love doing hair, but you know, I have a client who's in her 70s um, that I've been doing for 15 years who I move hell and high water whenever she calls me, you know, so I appreciate anybody who pours into me. And I think being a hairstylist has really afforded me the opportunity to learn things that I, I just didn't know were possible because so many different people sit in your chair and you learn about their lives and they share different life lessons with you that have helped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll be curious to see what happens with you in the future then, right? Well, me too, Crystal. Me too. Yeah. I want to know more about, um, so when you talk about you want to share more information about diversity, um, I had a conversation with a gal about this a few episodes ago who is doing her part to teach about um, curl education and um, diversity. And she brought up something that I didn't even really understood that happened. And she said that a lot of hairstylists that don't have experience with um, coily and very curly textured hair, they're like scared to try because they're so afraid that they're going to offend someone with that hair that's like they're they're so far removed they don't understand how to serve that client so they would just rather not even try i don't don't have that experience um i feel like i was fortunate to grow up with people in my community and my family that have very curly textured hair and so to me like hair is hair and i'm like yeah i'm gonna mess up on everyone's hair when i'm learning and i'm gonna learn what works and doesn't work and so it was a shock to me to hear that there's a lot of hairstylists out there that have this like fear around it yeah. And so I'm yeah. curious, like, is, is that part of your conversation that you want to share as well, um, is kind of maybe empowering people to want to educate themselves? Absolutely. Um, and empowering also decision makers who hire these artists. If you work in a salon and you were scared to try new things, that is unfortunate. But my 
laser focus is why do you have stylists in these well sought after positions working on movie sets, working on photo shoots, mm -hmm. working on advertisements, and they can't style all hair textures? That is an embarrassment, in my opinion. Not an embarrassment that um, they, they, not so much of an embarrassment that they can't learn, but why would you be hiring people and paying them top dollar when they are not qualified for a position? So that's when we know there's a deeper reason behind it. So when you push, you know, you find out because these are the people they hang around with. These are the people they want to see. Or maybe the people hiring don't know with what good looking hair is on curly and coily hair. So it really doesn't matter to them. Mm, interesting. If they, yeah. If they can't recognize beauty on curly and coily hair or darker skin, it means nothing at all to them. Like they're just so narrow focused on what they think is things are supposed to look a certain way that it's just like noise. Like they don't even understand what's good and what's bad with it. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know to make it super basic. If you think blue lipstick is, is horrible looking, you're not, you're not going to be able to see the difference between well done blue lipstick and messy blue lipstick. Cause it's all ugly to you, you know? Right. So then what are, like, what's the logical step? If there's like people that are hiring, right? The stylists that are not fully equipped. Like I've, I've thought of things from different ways when it comes to education. Like, do you start at the ground roots, grassroots kind of thing? And you empower the, like the, the smaller people that should have the skills, or do you try to educate those above? I mean, I imagine you go from both angles, but like, what's your angle with that? From everybody from every angle. Get it them all. I am hitting the hiring managers. I am hitting the stylists. I am hitting the cosmetology schools. Like I said, I've done work with Milady and I visit cosmetology schools like yourself. Um, I'm hitting it from every length, every angle, because I say like this, if you go to my celebrity work, if you don't see celebrities with natural hair on the red carpet, if they're not covered in magazines, when I'm a young woman trying to decide if I want to go to cosmetology school and what is beautiful, if I don't see that, I assume I don't see it because it's not beautiful. So it's not even a thought process to try to learn it because clearly that's not a sought after. Look. You could say that with anything in the beauty industry too, right? Is like we, it's kind of like whatever's trending, we tend to focus on, but trends will shift and then we have to shift and we need a wide scope of skills and abilities to be able to navigate those trends. So, yeah. yeah. The unfortunate part is that um, very curly mm. hair is just never really included in that shift. Mm. So that has, you know, become the issue because where is that included? Where is it included that we love really uh, curly or coily hair? So it's, it's just no way of telling people that this is what's beautiful. So I've even worked with like Amazon on some of their brands. Like, why do you have artists in here who are doing hair for photo shoots and they can't do anything past the wave, but they're making hundreds of dollars a day and representing your brand? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we educate them. We show... I educate them. I show pictures. I talk about vocabulary. I help them with how to hire models, how to hire stylists and what they're looking for. That's awesome. Well, I think it's a good time for curly hair. I feel like more than ever, curly, naturally textured hair, whether it be the straight, very coarse hair or the very coily tight curls, like everything is kind of accepted these days. And like, um, there's been like the curls are beautiful campaigns for everything, right? Like the curly girl method, like blew up on the internet and everyone's like, oh my God, I have curly hair too. So curly hair is like glorified at the moment. Right. But I think collectively we're realizing that hair doesn't just live in this like narrow scope of, um, European textured level four to eight hair, right? Everything. Exactly. And it's so funny, the term that you hear a lot of people saying, and they generally associate it with Black people, is going natural. And I'm like, no, women all over are sitting down and saying, I don't want to straighten my hair all the time. So I'm wearing a naturally curly or I'm allowing my natural texture to go through. And I'm like, I eat going natural. We're all saying the same thing. Now we're fighting all of the heat damage and trying to see the texture we were born with. 
Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely more education focused around that too, which I love. I personally enjoy people living in their natural textures and I always have. Um, I, I just love, like I said earlier, kind of like functional frizz is kind of my style personally. I kind of love like big, poofy, fun, like I love the word fluffy. I don't know if that's considered like a good or a bad word for most people, but to me, I see it as like a good word and like full and like voluminous and natural and just like um, wild kind of. I love all of that. And so the more people that want to live in their natural curls and discover like how comfortable they are with that and ways I can help them live in that feels really good. Although I'm talking like I'm still standing behind the chair. I actually just stopped doing hair behind the chair in April. I still haven't like come to terms with it, I think. <laughs> You're like the, the chair is on the spot. You may be back. You yeah, right. Every now and again. There you go. Yeah, I'll probably have some like models come in occasionally for like educational stuff. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm reminiscing, I should say, on standing behind the chair and being able to help clients understand their natural textures and how to manage them at home. And I love all of that. And so I like that it's a it's a popular topic these days. It is. And I don't think it's, it's ever going to uh, go out of style. I think now it's all about figuring out how to work with the hair that God gave you. And to love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whatever that may be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We're, see, we're on that same page. Mm-hmm. And hair is hair. There's very little that's different between us. We need to stop separating and segregating. Yes. Yes. And I do think that that would help, um, like in the beauty schools, if there was more of an understanding about like how hair period functions. Right. And like, to me, I've always thought of it as, Um, If this hair is too springy and someone wants it to lay smoother, we need something with more weight on it. If this hair is too springy or too flat and you want it to be springier, then you need something with more polymers on it and just keep it simple, right? It's a simple discussion, but those like basic understandings are not discussed in beauty school. And so then we just kind of get into these like cookie cutter processes and we don't know why we're doing things. So then things do seem scary. So true. And then they, you're so right. Then they create this fear and it's hard to step outside of that fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I am excited to see what you're doing now. I really wish I was going to the IBS show too. And I might have to um, get in on that press pass. Swing by. We would love to see you. And if you come, make sure that you come up to me so we can talk because I'll be so excited to see you in person. Likewise. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we wrap up here, um, I want to make sure I get the details correct with the texture style awards. Cause I know like that is like hot topic for you right now. So we've got entries open until the end of June. June now, what do people have to do to enter? All they need to do is take an image of their work and go to texturestyleawards.com and upload it. That's just that simple. Seems too easy, my friend. And then from there, you've got a couple of rounds of um, judges making calls. And then the in-person live award ceremony is August... August 13th in New York City at the Aveda Arts and Sciences Institute. Woo! Oh, man. And do you sell tickets for that show live, too? Absolutely. They will all be available at Texture Style Awards. Everything... Texture Style Awards is at the texturestyleawards.com website or on Instagram at Texture Style Awards. Awesome. And if anyone had any additional questions, what's the best way that they should contact you or anyone else about it? Jump in those DMs, Texture Style Awards. Also share this with your friends and your beauty pros. But listen, before I let you go, I go on a rant on every single podcast I do about the importance of when you care about something. The way that we show brands and other people we care about stuff is by buying tickets, supporting, and showing up, most importantly, but also liking and sharing. We can't keep telling brands in the beauty industry that we care about diversity and different curl types, and we want more representation if we don't show up, buy tickets, like, and share. So show up, buy tickets, like and share everything texture style awards love it so much well i look forward to seeing how this progresses and i don't i i'll know i'll be watching it i'm like should i enter maybe i should find a model i don't know <laughs> please enter please enter and you know, you'll get to share with your listeners that you enter imagine if you won that would be so fantastic 
Right? Oh, girl, you got my wheels spinning. <laughs> it is well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of this um, really inspiring stuff. I mean, you are a powerhouse and I love hearing your story and can't see where you fly with all of this. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Crystal. I appreciate you. Yes. Thanks for being here, Monet. Have a great one. That wraps up another episode of the Your Hair My Baby Doop Boop Ba. Let's try again. All right, friends, that wraps up another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast. So you heard it here. If you want to go ahead and enter in the Texture Style Awards, there's a limited amount of time left to do so. I'll make sure to put the link in the show notes here. And if you're listening to this episode after that date, just kind of keep an eye on the Texture Style Awards so you can kind of see this unfold and maybe support someone that you think deserves to win. And then if you're listening to this even after the Texture Style Awards, go have a look and see who won and check them out and, um, you know, help elevate them as an artist as well. So I think personally that where we're heading in this industry is just really beautiful and, um, inclusive for every hair type texture artist out there. And I'm very excited to see not only what Monet does, but really where the industry goes in the next couple years. So I'm personally feeling inspired and I hope this has helped you feel the same, my friends. So until next time, I hope you have a wonderful hair day and I'll see you then. Okay, bye. Hey friend. Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.